Welcome to another episode of the Intentional Family Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Schmitz, and I am joined by my co-host, Mike. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I am good. Today, we're talking about the growth mindset and centered around a book, which is, I highly recommend, I would give it five stars if I were rating it five out of five. I have referenced it and gone back to this book over and over. It's a book by Carol Dweck, who is an expert in the field, been researching the topic for a long time. And she has a lot of great information on the fixed versus growth mindset. Mike, can you give us in a nutshell what that means? Sure. Uh, The simplest explanation, I think, is that a fixed mindset believes that you are who you are and that you cannot change. But a growth mindset believes that you have the ability to become who you want to be. So Carol Dweck defines those in the book as like a learner versus a non-learner. And why does this pertain to the intentional family? Because this is something that is very important to foster in your kids. Uh, a lot of kids, I think, if we give this the natural feedback when they do something well, we can sort of say something like, oh, you're really good at that. And they put their their worth, their self-identity in their ability to be successful in completing a thing. And that's a little bit dangerous. I think we've seen that with some of our kids who they, stuff comes easy to them. And when they encounter something that's difficult, they don't like to... They don't even want to do it. Yeah, they want to stay away from it because they don't like having to reconcile the fact that they're not good at something. <laughs> it's like a, a knock to their self-esteem. Yes, I have definitely seen this. I have a lot of examples of that specifically. One little thing this actually reminds me of, which may seem totally unrelated, but when it comes to our children earning money, instead of an allowance, they have to work and clean the house in order to earn their money. $5 for an hour's worth of work, and I check their work. Why do I relate it to this? Well, I guess I I just saw the parallel between a fixed mindset says, here's your $5 every week, no matter what you do. A growth mindset is you do a good job cleaning that bathroom and it mom can check off all the things on the checklist and you did a good job, here's your $5. And if they don't, they have to go back and fix it. And it's not really the completion of the task. No. It's the effort that they put forth. Yeah, that's it's a the, process. That's the big difference here because the outcome, that's a fixed mindset. You either win or you lose. And a lot of people who are naturally gifted in athletics or academics, whatever, they can kind of create this identity of like, this is what I do because when I do this, I do it successfully. And then the moment that you can't win at it, you have to wrestle with that fact. And a lot of people, the way they cope with that is they make excuses. Oh, it's not my fault because uh, something happened and they cheated and whatever else. But they they don't want to come to grips with the fact that maybe they're not the legend in their own mind that they thought they were. (laughs) But a growth mindset, like they embrace those challenges and they don't view failure as uh, an attack on their identity or their their self-worth they view it as a puzzle or a challenge to be solved. And so it's like, okay, this did not work. Why didn't it work? Instead of coming up with all the excuses for why it didn't work, it's more 
Uh, I'm going to unpack this thing. I'm going to unravel this thing. And I'm going to try to learn something so that I can try a different way next time. Yeah. So with a fixed mindset, you believe that everything that you were born with is the way it is. This is my lot in life. But with a growth mindset, you are always wanting to improve and progress. That means intelligence can be developed. We can learn things. We can gain new skills. We can improve things that need to be improved. We can create a desire even that leads to learning. And with a fixed mindset, we are as smart as we are. And school's hard for me or school's easy for me. It can go either way. But it is very, very powerful. And our desire is to grow a growth mindset in our family. And that means that Mike and I have to develop this mindset. That means things aren't fixed. You know, we can always change. There's always room for improvement. And a few little things that they suggest that Carol Zweck even unpacks in the book is how we don't praise, like Mike mentioned already, wow, you you did that. That's great. Great accomplishment because that's the end in and of itself. But when we praise, you did an awesome job, like I said before, cleaning the bathroom. Like, look it, I can't even see. You got around the faucet and all that stuff. That's great. I can great. tell you were really careful as you cleaned this bathroom. Yeah. That's an example of growth mindset praise. Whereas fixed mindset praise, it's really easy to do. And you got to be careful with this. Yeah. And saying something like, oh, look it, you're really artistic. Yeah. Or you're really smart. It's just the praising problem, their ability. The problem with that is maybe they are really smart in the class of their peers, but they're going to continue to advance and they're going to get to college and all of a sudden they're not going to be the smartest one in the room and yep. then they're going to be like well mom always said i was really smart who am i what what am i doing here it's kind of like a fraud if you always tell your daughter she's a princess but everyone else every other little girl's a princess too that's the growth mindset is like not putting your child up on a pedestal like they're the end-all be-all in praising their accomplishments all the time or like you're super smart you're you're such a good um i don't know i don't know there's a lot of different ways to well, put it see here's here's the thing you got to be careful with this because you do want to praise them but you're praising the effort yeah. you're not praising the task or the outcome because with a fixed mindset the effort is pointless if i can get it done and i can get it done really easy and i don't have to work at it then that's great. In fact, the more I have to work at it, the more effort I'm wasting in a sense. Because if I was really talented at this, if I was born with this gift, it should come easy to me. But everybody who is a professional anything, an athlete, a musician, they put in the effort, they put in the work, they develop the skills that were there. Yeah. And with the growth mindset, the effort is the path to mastery. So Growth mindset really is saying you can be whatever you want. You can develop whatever skills that you want, assuming you're willing to put in the effort and you're willing to practice smart, not just do the same reps over and over and over again, but think about what is the specific skills that you're trying to learn here? What problems are those going to allow you to solve? How is that going to help you overcome the obstacle that is in front of you? Whereas the obstacle for a fixed mindset is like, okay, this is hard. I guess this is wrong. I should go find something else. The growth mindset yeah. is like, oh, there's an obstacle. I must be on the right path. Well, I was thinking about infants and toddlers. They don't come out of the womb learning how, knowing how to crawl and roll over and all these things and walk. But 
there is a part of us that we have a growth mindset, like the baby that starts to crawl, they don't just give up and just flail on the floor and just stop. No, they keep trying. Like some just army crawl and they never actually fully crawl in a normal way. Some just scoot around in different ways. But like the baby that's walking, the little toddler, it's like they don't fall once and then give up on walking. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you've had children, you've done that where you've helped them and like, come on, keep trying, you know, and you're (laughs) between the parents and they're trying to walk back and forth. And it's really... If you watch the facial expressions of a little child trying to figure something out, whether it is an infant who's trying to figure out like how to wrap their tiny little fingers around the toy that you're holding in yeah. front of their face <laughs> or crawl for the first time or take that first step, they don't they don't look dejected. <laughs> They're not like, oh man, this is so hard. Like that comes later. Yes, that is more learned. <laughs> They're, they're exploring and they're excited about the discoveries that they're making. And my they're hand de- is attached to my body. <laughs> and they're determined. You can yes. see it in their eyes. Like, I'm going to figure this yes. out. And somewhere along the line, we kind of lose that. And I think that's that's a shame. We can learn a lot from those little kids who aren't afraid of failing over and over and over again, even in public, even in front of their parents. <laughs> yes, yes. It's very true. I just think of our son, Joshua, who loved puzzles and he'd sit and do puzzles even when he was two years old and he'd do the same ones over and over and over and over. And he wasn't afraid of doing hard things. And years later, he's doing thousand piece puzzles and he's just so good at it. And then you have other ones that maybe are more, they're they, maybe in that area, they're not as strong, but they have to overcome feeling defeated more. Well, that's that's the thing. Like you mentioned... Joshua with the puzzles and there were certain things that he just naturally is inclined art is another one where he will not back down from any artistic challenge but for a while he was not interested in sports at all so you get whatever your kid is and I don't care who they are they are always going to have a domain that does not come naturally to them and I think it's important that you get them to put forth the effort in that domain. Again, not not praising the, the outcome. Their self-worth is not tied to how well they do. It's just the fact that they're willing to try to play YMCA basketball, even though they may not be the best at it. You know, that they're not worried about looking like a fool and making those mistakes. Because with Joshua, that was the big thing with sports. He just, he wasn't really that interested in, we don't, want him to become, you know, he's he's not going to win a a sports scholarship. That's fine. He should still find some sort of physical activity, though, which kind of pushes him and and helps him to develop in that way. He did find his thing finally, and and that's through experimentation. That is the growth mindset. He really loves uh, (laughs) jujitsu. Yes, he does. So, uh, and for Toby, our oldest, you know, the sports and stuff, that's, that's his comfort zone. So for him, it's getting him to to draw and be artistic. And, you know, just the, that thing alone, maybe we should talk about that for a minute, the artistic ability, because that is uh, not something I think that uh, a lot of people have naturally, or they're intimidated by it naturally. They think that they don't have the ability to draw. And I think about my own journey with sketch notes and how my first one was a couple of stick figures and a bunch of words. And now people look at it, even though I've only been doing it a handful of years, and they say, oh, wow, you're you're so artistic. And I'm like, 
no, I worked for everything I got. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. I also, this gets me thinking about goals versus habits and routines. Uh, let me explain that a little bit. If we want to ex- uh, develop the growth mindset, then that comes with creating habits to do that. I was remembering your first half marathon you ran. Mm-hmm. When you accomplished that, I remember you saying, well, now what? Yeah. Because that was a goal. So with goal setting, it's like you have an end mark. And once you achieve that end mark, it's like very short-term excitement. And then it's like, okay, now what's the next thing? Versus a growth mindset, which I believe is more building habits and routines in your life. And that is like, who do I want to become? Also brings us back to core values again that we've covered. That it's like, what are the things that we want to develop in our life? And what that takes, development doesn't happen one time, like finishing a half marathon. Well, there was a whole lot of process before that. And you've been running since then as well. And so I believe that's a growth mindset where it's not just, I want to run a half marathon. It's like, no, I'm a runner and I've actually come to really enjoy this activity. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I didn't think about that until you brought it up. But with the first time that I ran the half marathon, I've told this story before, so I'll keep it short. I overtrained. I pulled a muscle. Well, my patella tendon slipped off my kneecap. And uh, it was really painful to run that half marathon, but I finished it. And then as soon as I crossed the finish line, like you said, now what? (laughs) What's next? Uh, Sign up for another race? Well, I can't because I had like six months of physical therapy (laughs) ahead of me before I could run again. Uh, Then I ran it again the next year. And at that point, I wasn't trying to set any records. And I was just hoping to finish. And I went about that a little bit differently. And I learned to love the process. I wasn't focusing on, oh, I got to shoot for this target time. And when I'm training, I need to run, I need to run my miles and I got to get my time down, which is what I was doing the, the first time. And then the second time when I, when I did it, it felt completely different. And that is the thing that has allowed me to continue to run to this day is that I'm not training for a race. I just really enjoy going for a run. And that was in line with the person that I wanted to become, like identifying as a runner, not a half marathon runner. That's an important difference. A half marathon runner is somebody who runs half marathons. A runner just runs for the joy of it. I can do that anywhere. And I, I have been, and that really has made all of the difference as it pertains to running. But again, you can apply this to anything in your life. Go back to the art example or the musician example. You could say, well, I'm not going to play an instrument because I'm not going to be in a band. Okay. But you're going to miss out from all the joy that comes from just, just playing and yeah, creating. Exactly. And, yeah. mm-hmm. and that is, there's a, the value in creating is just the fact that you made the thing. It doesn't matter if anybody else ever sees it. Right. You did it. You put in the rep. And if you enjoy the process, then that's good enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with a fixed mindset, when a challenge comes, you completely avoid it. That's hard. I, I don't want to do anything that's hard. 
But with a growth growth mindset and there's a challenge, you embrace it. And that's, I mean, your running example is great for that because you embraced the challenge, you went through the physical therapy, and you kind of fixed how you viewed things. And like you said, you're running. And even recently, you had a setback with your back and very severe pain. And you were able to run this last week. But with a fixed (laughs) mindset, you'd be like, oh, I hurt myself again. Maybe I should stop doing this. This has set me back so far. I'll never be able to get back to where I was, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, you could, you could dwell on that and get really down on yourself, but you didn't. You know, you were able to rein it in and say, well, no, I'm going to bike or do what I can, and then I'll be able to run again. Yep, exactly. You know, one other thing with the growth mindset I want to touch on before we get to some of these different areas is that because the value of... A growth mindset is not in the outcome. You don't have to win in order to validate your personhood. You don't feel threatened by the success of others. So this is kind of like um, a scarcity mindset, I guess, is a fixed mindset where there can only be one winner and I don't care who I step on on my way up because I'm not coming back down. You know. But the truth of the matter is that there's room for everybody to be successful. And so if you develop a growth mindset, you may find that you are successful at this thing. And that doesn't mean that there's any less to go around. Or likewise, if somebody that you are looking up to is successful at a thing, doesn't mean that you shouldn't try it. I think a lot of creatives deal with this where they get an idea for a podcast they want to start or a blog they want to write or whatever. And they see somebody else doing it and they're like, well, I can't do it because I can't do it as well as they can. Yes, you can. (laughs) Just make your thing. (laughs) Right. Because you're going to do it in a different way. And even if it it is terrible at the beginning, so what? Put in the reps, get better at it, and see where it goes. When I started podcasting, I was pretty awful. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, if I were to dwell on all the other podcasts that are out there similar for families, I'd be like, well, it's already real saturated. We don't have much more to offer offer and add. But we actually didn't do it for any of those reasons. We felt compelled to start this podcast to share a message, to share what was on our hearts, to share what we've learned along the way, hence a growth mindset. And all the voices in my own head that was like, you're too young, you know, you don't even, your kids aren't even teenagers yet. Well, one, it almost is, but it's like, you know, you need to be at least like 50 or 60 to actually talk (laughs) about this stuff. It's like, who says that? Yeah. Well, like, so we're sharing what we, what we've learned so that people can, can learn from it also. But on one level, it kind of doesn't matter if they do, because the fact that we sit down and we talk about it, that helps us solidify these things yeah, for ourselves. it's true. So the fact that so many people listen to it is just a bonus. And that's kind of yeah. the way that Bookworm started, too, is Joe and I just wanted to read more books, hold each other accountable for doing it. And there were a whole bunch of other folks who came along for the ride. It's but fun. that's kind of like the gravy on top yeah. is the other people. Yep. Like You don't start a podcast. You don't start any sort of creative project because of somebody else it, it won't has last to be internal if motivation you do it that way yep and then also i want to just speak to the fact that a fixed mindset criticism is really hard because yep. that is like an indictment against your character and who you are but with a growth mindset 
criticism is great because that's just another opportunity to grow. Whether the criticism is accurate or not, it offers a mirror to really look at something. And I really, really struggled with this in the past. If people confronted me or criticized things, and I still struggle with it, it's way better than it used to be. <laughs> but um, I used to, you know, get really down on myself and really, you know, I went through times of great insecurity. And the more I've grown, the more I've just developed myself and seen myself right and seen the other people around me right. I love it when they give me feedback because I can improve. It's opportunity to grow. Yeah. And this is the, let me just give an example here of the difference, because I think maybe this can help make it a little bit more clear for people. So let's say that you want to uh, write a blog, okay? And you don't really have a whole lot of experience writing. So you write something and then people point out every single mistake that you made. There's two ways you can you can uh, receive that feedback. You can say, oh, wow, I really messed up on my, my grammar. I guess that my, my writing for that particular blog post was poor. Or that, that's a growth mindset because you know wh- specifically what you can change and develop so that it's better for next time. But the other way to do this, a fixed mindset, you get all this negative feedback and you say, oh, wow, I guess I am a poor writer. Yep. Okay, so it's not, I did a poor job, it's I am poor at this. And then it grows and snowballs from there where instead of I am a poor writer, it's I am a poor communicator, I am a poor human being. Like, yeah. There's no end to this negative cycle. So that could be a flag if you take things very personally and get offended easily. There are definitely some areas where there's a fixed mindset happening. Yep. Another example that I think I should call out here a lot of people are big talkers and won't do anything. And these people, I believe, have a fixed mindset too. Because as long as they talk about something, this idea they have for a business or with this thing that they want to make, and they'll talk to people about it and they'll share their idea. And usually they're really good at getting people excited about their idea. And the people that they talk to will say something like, oh, yeah, that's a really great idea. That's going to be awesome. That is enough for the talker. They have been validated in their idea. They will never, ever do anything with that because they might fail at it. (laughs) And if they fail at it, then they have to deal with the fact that this wasn't that great of an idea. As long as they just talk about it and they don't put forth the effort, they can't fail. Yeah. So a fixed mindset is like, okay, well, I am this way. I've achieved this result and I'm going to just plateau here and I'm fine with that. Or be okay with untapped potential. Yeah. Yep, because that's too scary. Yep. I mean, heaven forbid we mess up. As long as I believe I have this untapped potential, I have this belief that someday when I really get serious, I could do this thing and it'll be awesome. When the kids are out of the house, when this crazy part of my life settles down. When everything's perfect. When there's not a (laughs) pandemic or, you know, whatever. I mean, it's all just excuses. Yep. And there is, I mean, there is some of that is just natural, like procrastination where right. you're waiting for the right. right time. But part of it, I really do believe there are people who they have the opportunity to do these things and they don't do them because if they try them, they know that as soon as they put any effort into it, like the wood behind the arrow, there's a chance that they'll miss the target. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I'm with you. Okay. So I'm not just, we're not just 
you know, speaking at you right now, we have both struggled in many areas in this way. And so this message, though, is so powerful, and it will completely change your life and your family's life if we can even just develop one area and start snowballing from there. Yeah, let me let me get back to this real quickly because this isn't exactly where we were going to go with the episode, but I think this is really important. So this untapped potential thing, I think the root of this, where people talk about something, but they're too scared to actually do something with it. I mean, just from that description, it kind of makes sense. Like the root issue here is fear. Oh yeah, totally. You have to overcome that fear. And one of the ways that you can do that is just to think about what is the absolute worst case scenario? Carry that through to the logical conclusion because your brain will kind of tell you, well, if I make this leap and I uh, try to go out on my own and then I lose my job, you know, I kind of went through that. <laughs> like those are the kinds of things that before they happen, they can be really, really intimidating. But when you stare it in the face, you identify the giant it's not as intimidating. It's it's a lot easier to to overcome it. And so just ask yourself, like, what am I really afraid of here? Yeah, I have an example of that. When I knew I wanted to go to college, I love school. I love learning. Had a, you know, I did really well in school. And I actually didn't even apply to the university I wanted to go to because I was too afraid that I wouldn't get in. So I've always done good in school, like I said, but I'm not a good test taker. So when it came time for like the ACT stuff, I didn't score great. And I had very much a fixed mindset. And my husband, Mike, not husband at the time, scored way higher, like mm, over 10 points higher than me. And I was looking at that going, well, how could I apply to the same university when his ACT score was so much higher? So I settled and went to a different school. And after six months, one semester there, I transferred to the one I actually wanted to go to. But just an example, that, and that was totally fear. I was afraid that I wouldn't get in and that I just wasn't good enough to get in. My scores weren't great enough, even though I had a really high GPA, that I was just so fixed on the ACT score. It was really silly. And turns out that I'm just a good test taker and that test was actually garbage because my highest area was science. I went into biology, like almost failed out of school. (laughs) It was a disaster. Um, Yep. Yep. (laughs) Now you said that you settled and I think that's an important word to call out here because if I were to leave anybody listening to this with any sort of advice going forward, it would be not to settle. And fixed mindset does cause you to settle because exactly Mm -hmm. if you settle for something that's good enough, you feel like, well, I'm a pretty big fish in this small pond and you're scared of jumping out into the ocean, you know, and I think that you really don't know what you're capable of until you try and a growth mindset is not going to be afraid to try. Now, there are two different types of being afraid here. I think, though, we already talked about the the fear of failure where what if I'm really not that good at this thing and now I got to come to grips with that. But I think that there are other people who are a little bit afraid of success. Oh, yeah. Where That's they, a thing. <laughs> they are afraid that if they are really good at this thing that they're going to try to do, that it's just going to completely disrupt everything in their lives and they're going to have to figure out a bunch of stuff. So what? Figure out a bunch of stuff. Yeah. No, it's totally crazy. <laughs> Uh, this is actually pretty funny. 
I was reflecting back on when the intentional family idea started over two years ago. And I actually researched fear of success. I have a note still on that because (laughs) I evaluated myself and I'm like, why am I so afraid of starting this thing? and I was like, what do people fear success? That sounds so stupid. And I lo- started does. researching. I'm like, really stupid. if you research, it's crazy. There's tons of research on it. It's it's a real thing. It's yep. just as real as fear of failure. And yeah, it's it's pretty wild. So I would encourage everybody listening to identify what you're really afraid of, and then go punch fear in the face. Yeah, so I wanted to share a little bit too about how we've developed a growth mindset. I have several specific examples. The most recent, I would say, is Toastmasters, which if you're not familiar with what it is, it's basically a club you can be a part of to help develop your public speaking. And it's a really great group. Everyone's in there for the same reason, to develop their public speaking, whether it's through work or whatever means they're going to be speaking for us. Podcasting is one of ours. And it's awesome because you have people that evaluate you and they, uh, they just call out things that you could do to improve, filler words, all sorts of stuff. It's really great. But I never saw myself doing that. But back in what, February, I think, Mike's like, would you consider joining a Toastmasters group? Because he hadn't been a part of one for a little bit. And so he wanted to look for another one that worked well. And we decided on a Tuesday night one because that's when we do our date nights. And it worked great. And I was like, I would really enjoy that because we were talking about starting a podcast. I'm like, this would be really good for me. And so I recognized that my mindset shifted enough that I was willing to try it. And when I went up for my first, oh, what is it called all of a sudden? Icebreaker. Icebreaker. There was that. But then I was super nervous for that. But even before that, before we even joined... I went up to give a table topics speech, which oh, was yeah. like a one to two minutes. They You don't know the question until you get up there. Extemporaneous speaking. And I did it. And then after I did it, I'm like, that wasn't that bad. That yep. wasn't horrible. And it's been really fun because I've, I feel like I have grown a lot already and I've only actually given three formal speeches in the group. Yeah. And that's the thing that terrifies me still to this day is the <laughs> the table topics. But I joined Toastmasters for the same reason. It was like, I knew that good was going to come of this because it was going to push me outside of my comfort zone. So I joined, must have been three or four years ago now. And I joined at the time because I wanted to become a better podcaster what I discovered in the process was that podcasting you do, you speak into a microphone, we're sitting at the same table, but generally you're by yourself. You know, people hear your voice, but they don't see your face. And so I thought, well, this is a little bit not exactly what I want to be doing, but there'll probably be some ancillary benefits. And I pretty much overnight recognized that by communicating in every area of my life was getting a lot better. I was becoming a much better podcaster. It really helped with the webinars that we were doing. And I found that I really, really enjoy public speaking because I like being able to look people in the eye. I feel like I can make a deeper connection that way and speak directly to them. So I kind of discovered the thing that really makes me come alive. But just like everybody at the time, I was terrified of public speaking. Like I didn't want to be there, but I forced myself outside the comfort zone, growth mindset, and discovered some really great stuff about myself along the way. 
that's really the goal with all this stuff is figuring out what really makes you come alive. Yeah, and another example I have is our family joined Classical Conversations a year ago, and it was our first year in the program, so we were completely new to all of it. Our four boys were all in what they call the Foundations Program, which is their elementary program. And we were in transition with work-type things, and so tuition for us was a big stretch. But if I agreed to tutor, I would get a little bit uh, kickback, I guess, to help with the tuition throughout the year. We still had to pay it up front, but that was I knew that would be really helpful for us. So I decided that I would tutor, which is basically I'm a lead learner, and I taught fourth graders, and I'm modeling for the parents how to teach this memory work or different things at home because they're all homeschool families. Wow, that was scary. Like, I, it's my first year in the program. I'm totally new to all this stuff. And all these families had, had all at least been in there for a year. And a lot of them had been in there for six plus years. But I knew if I really wanted to do it, if I really just decided I'm going to do this, that I could pull it off and it would be fine. And it was really neat because I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I'm actually tutoring again this year with fourth and fifth graders. I have all boys this year. <laughs> so that's an adventure. But then I... Apparently, I was a huge encouragement to the campus and the other moms to be like, wow, Rachel's coming in her first year with five kids and she's tutoring. Like, this is crazy. So many of them had never even considered tutoring because they're like, oh, I couldn't see myself doing that. And this year, we have three brand new tutors that were on our <laughs> campus last year that have been in way longer than I have. So that, that's been really cool. Yeah, and there's a lesson there in that you know, you trying new things, there are always people watching you in a family, from a family perspective, your kids are constantly watching you, which is why we mentioned you have to model the growth mindset. If you want to develop it in your kids, they have to see you trying hard things and being willing to, to fail at things, not just sticking to what you're naturally good at, but at work in the community, at your church, there are always people who are watching you. And the fact that you're willing to try some things that are hard for you, that inspires strength, courage, motivation in other people as well. Yeah, there's actually a really good Adventures in Odyssey episode called The Cycle of Fear. If you wanted to listen to that with your kids to kind of help them understand a little bit about the growth mindset and talk through that family's decisions in that episode. That's one of the, our kids' favorite ones. It's pretty comical. <laughs> so we should talk a little bit about how to help develop a growth mindset in our children. First I have on here is music. Music is a huge area where you can really grow a growth mindset in a mm -hmm. very practical way. And again, this is a habit because you can't just have a lesson once a week and not practice, right? Yep. And practice comes... It's hard, you know, let's say piano. Scales are not real fun, you know? Like, can we play yep. a song? No, well, you need to learn the basics. So scales can be super boring, but they're the building blocks to mastery. And then comes playing songs. Yep. And this is a whole nother topic that we'll have to Probably. do in another, another yeah. episode. But it's not just practice. It's deliberate practice. Yes. It is identifying one thing 
from your last performance, your last attempt, that you don't think you did all that well. And you go back, you watch the tape, you figure out what you can do different, and then you practice that thing over and over and over again. And a very important distinction here, I think, is that amateurs will practice until they can get it right, but professionals will practice until they can't get it wrong. (laughs) So it's not just practicing until you do it once, like, aha, there, I got it. Now I can go on to uh, another thing. If this is something you really want to develop as a skill, you got to put in the reps, and it's not always going to be fun. It's not always going to be a joy, which kind of gets into the whole idea of the word passion. But again, we'll leave that for another conversation. <laughs> well, it's it's an identity thing too. It relates back to you being a runner instead of just finishing a half marathon. Are you, Do you want to be a pianist, a musician? Do you want that to be part of who you are? Or do you just want to complete this one song this week? And then I'll just never play it again because I did it. And now I'm going to do something else. I'm going to do the next song. Yep. But when it really becomes part of who you are, like we find our, our boys, our four boys, all play piano, that they'll just go back on the piano and go back to their favorite song. Jonathan's the juggler. Yep. That's his favorite song. <laughs> <laughs> but that's good. I love that because it brings them joy and they enjoy doing it. Yeah. So there's got to be a, a balance there, obviously. Like part of it is the the vegetables that you got to you gotta eat. You got to practice your scales. But some of it can just be fun. You know, you like to play this particular song, so you play that that song. But if that's all you do, you'll get really good at that song, but you're Can't not a musician. <laughs> no, I got my one song, yep. one song master. And actually Malachi, he hated doing his scales because we have a new piano teacher for the kids as of this summer, and she's having him do scales and arpeggios and all these things, right? And our six-year-old's like, I like my other class better because, you know, it's just... I don't know. It's fine. But I knew he was capable of doing this different method. Mm -hmm. And once he got the handle on some of the scales and the little one, two, threes he does, all of a sudden he can maneuver playing his song better, which he's learning right now, Amazing Grace, which is not super easy for him because it's not just his five, the five notes that cover the five fingers on the right hand. You know, he has to jump back and forth a little bit, but he's doing it and he's doing really well. Yeah, now that brings up another point, specifically with kids, I think, where deliberate practice, pushing them, because I think, especially with kids who are gifted in a particular area, the fixed mindset is easy. You praise the fact that this thing comes so easily to them. They don't really have to put forth the effort in order to excel at the thing, and everybody's like, oh, your kid is great at this. But you have to not just settle for the fact that they're able to to do this particular thing really well. You got to, okay, so let's just say it's music. Okay, music comes easy, let's say. And like, like with Malachi in his other class, he was able to keep up and he's doing fine. But when it's just him, he gets pushed a little bit further. And that's good for him. That's healthy for him because otherwise he can just hang out in the back of the class Fly under the radar, not really try. That just was have him fun. last year, yeah, which yeah. was fine because it was his introduction to piano. But I recognize that this 
he needs a little bit something different. And everybody needs that push. That's the thing. Like we believe that we are entrusted with talents, abilities by God, and it is our job to steward them and multiply them, make the most of them. It is our job to discover those things and to deliberately practice them in order to refine them so that at the end of our life, we can say, look, here's what we did with what you gave us. And if you are content to just coast with everybody else in your class, you will never get there. So it's really good for those kids who maybe some some stuff comes a little bit easier, push them, even if it even if they're looking at it like, well, it's not fair because the other kids don't have to do things this way. You know, we're going to treat you fairly, but we're not going to treat you all the same. Right. That's a good distinction. And school is another huge area. I recall Toby's first year last year, like I just mentioned, our first year in classical conversations, he's going to sixth grade and all the other kids in his class had been in the program for at least a year, most of them their whole elementary life, meaning they were very familiar with the material. And to him, that was really scary and intimidating because he's the one where schools come easily. He's further ahead in math, you know, he's grades ahead in some subjects. So this was a really awesome experience, and I was actually really excited about it. I didn't tell him how excited I was that he would be challenged so much, because <laughs> obviously that could come across. He wouldn't receive that well. Mm-hmm. But I knew it would be a huge growing experience for him, and he did an awesome job overcoming that. The first few weeks were kind of hard, but again, with the growth mindset, you know, this is all just practice, school's practice, like I've mentioned before that story. Yep. And now going into seventh grade this year, he's been in, they started a few weeks ago, he's in challenge A in classical conversations, and he's doing awesome. His tutor said that he just seems to really understand it, and he's excelling. And interestingly enough, he's doing really well in all six subjects, which I was kind of surprised. I thought there would be a few I identified like he'll really like these, and the other mm-hmm. ones I thought, mm. yeah. no, he's really doing well. And that's really the point that you want to get your kids to. I mean, all these different areas, whether it's music, academics, sports, art, what you want is for your kids to be pushed beyond their limit, put forth the honest effort to figure things out and have success in doing that. And if you can create that winnable scenario you have fostered, started to foster a growth mindset. Now, the more that you practice that growth mindset, the easier it becomes. We all have fixed mindset tendencies that we can slip back into easily if we're not careful, but that's one of the best things that you can do for your kids is to help them encounter a situation that is too hard for them and then help them not do it for them, but give them the keys that they need to to solve this thing, to to put the puzzle together, to understand the a different approach, you know, and then to overcome that thing and get back on the the path, and then they they get a little bit of confidence that they can do that again next time, no matter what the domain is. Yeah, one more example I'll share before we wrap up here is Joshua. He's um, a little shy and introverted, and. With um, our school that we do, 
one of the things they have to do every week is a presentation. It's up to a three minute. It starts as like a show and tell when they're young. And a lot of what Joshua did last last year, every Tuesday we met as a community in our class, he would do a show and tell sort of thing, bring some toy in or bring something he created and talk about it. But this year, his first week, he ended up over the summer finding an arrow, like an actual arrow that archers use at a park. And he said, I'm going to research about bows and arrows for my first presentation. And I was blown away. I didn't even actually read his ahead of time, which I normally do. He had a whole page handwritten in the vocabulary. He could speak it perfectly, but it was well more advanced than his age. And then the other side, he illustrated all the parts to a bow and all the parts to an arrow. And I was just like, wow, holy improvement (laughs) from last year from sheepishly giving a show and tell little presentation to basically a research paper and an artistic drawing (laughs) diagramming parts to a bow and arrow. Yeah. And so that's the kind of thing you want to look for in your kids and praise that effort. Not the fact that, oh my gosh, you put together this research paper and the research paper is great. But remember last year, Joshua, when you were scared to get up in front of your class and you just kept bringing in the things and talking about the stuff that you already knew? Well, this is completely different. And you really put forth a lot of effort to make this thing. I can tell because the picture looks awesome. You wrote out this whole big thing. Like, that's really good. You know, and then once they connect those dots in their little brains, they're like, oh, yeah, I can do this. And I have to add that while he's giving the presentation, he looked up from his paper several times to look at his classmates. And it was, and he would like look them in the eye. That was also something that improved. <laughs> yep. So when you see those things, don't just pat yourself on the back and be like, aha, they're getting it. Make sure that you verbalize that to them and they know that you see the growth that's happening and you call it out in front of them so that they see it too. Yes, definitely. So in order to identify some areas where a growth mindset could be developed and fostered as a family is going back to core values. So if you haven't, we have two episodes on that because that can really be a guidepost for setting the trajectory and what specifically should I do to work on this and changing from a fix to a growth mindset. You don't have to go back to core values, though. I mean, that's great because then you've got motivation behind the growth that you want to occur. But it can be anything that's hard. (laughs) Yeah, it can be like, I want to learn another language. So I'm going to pick up an app, great app like Duolingo, like we've been doing learning Spanish. It can be something really simple, just some way to start. Mm -hmm. So one last question for you. Do you think we should have a growth mindset in every area? (laughs) That's a tough question. I think it's probably a gold standard to shoot for, probably not realistic, Uh, especially at the beginning. I think there is danger in trying to trying to select too many areas to grow in at one time. I think it makes sense to pick one thing that you want to get better at. And then once you do that, the growth mindset would say, what else is interesting to me? What are the ancillary connections to this thing? Instead of just refining that one thing over and over and over again, a fixed mindset says, I'm going to become the best at this one thing. Growth mindset, okay, that was cool. 
but what else is connected to this? How deep does this rabbit hole go? And so pick one thing to start and then just kind of see where it goes. That's great. That's what I thought you'd say. <laughs> I would definitely echo that because it's going to be paralyzing. Being like, I have to completely change my mindset. No, it's pick one thing and then it will, it will snowball because a lot of joy comes in the process. This is not a, a project. There's no. no outcome associated no. with this. It's a mindset. So one of the best things you can do, going back to the habits that you were talking about, just ask yourself, if you journal at the end of the day, ask yourself the question, what did I learn today? Yeah. If you challenge yourself to learn something every single day, you are well on your way to developing a growth mindset. Yeah, that's a great tip. So with all that, maybe you can identify one area in yourself to develop a growth mindset. And as you do that, you will start to recognize areas to help your children. And I highly recommend picking up the book Mindset by Carol Dweck because this will really help you identify a lot of specifics in your life and how to develop this. Even in the book, it can help you identify some confessions or things you can start to say, affirmations in that area about maybe you struggle with taking things personally or whatever. Maybe you could say something like, you know, when someone criticizes me, that's an opportunity to grow in that area or to take a hard look at myself and change possibly. So we want to thank you so much for listening to The Intentional Family again. We can be found at intentionalfamily.fm. Until next time, join us in living life intentionally. Intentionally.